Well, good day and welcome to the Just Ministry Podcast. I'm Michael Pardue, joined in the Just Ministry studios by Justin Smith. We're here in majestic Eichard, North Carolina, <laughs> located somewhere in the foothills at an undisclosed bunker-type place. Um, we're glad to be back with you. I'm taking a, a little break from the podcast, had some things going on in ministry and uh, in personal lives had to deal with, and so we're glad to be back and glad to uh, spend this time uh, with you. Our topic for today for the Just Ministry podcast is to talk about work and ministry um, and school. And uh, for many students, they have to balance all three of these, or obviously at least two, uh, being a minister and in school or working ministry and school, uh, something Justin was doing uh, all three of uh, throughout seminary. And so we just want to talk about that because it's a relevant issue for a lot of pastors because a lot right. of pastors are students. Um, they're in a church setting. Really, I saw what kind of um, prompted this, Justin, was I was looking on um, Twitter, social media earlier, and I saw apparently a bunch of um, students were just accepted uh, to one of our Southern Baptist seminaries into a doctoral program. I guess they must have all got the letter about the same time. So they're all putting out there, you know, just been accepted, excited to start. And I thought um, uh, the school had, had retweeted a bunch of those. And I thought, you know, how interesting... Um, you and I began that journey yep. uh, together eight years ago uh, this month or in August yeah. um, for uh, for our doctoral studies at Southeastern in the, the Doctor of Education program. And so, Justin, tell us a little bit, how did you balance work, ministry, school, uh, all <laughs> at the same time? <laughs> Sometimes not well. <laughs> Sometimes not well, but... But, you know, you, you end up doing what you have to do. And um, a lot of times I think that's how God uh, uses those experiences to kind of balance us out. Because we, we have this tendency, most, most of us when we go to school, we want to, uh, especially people who are in ministry, you want to be a people pleaser. You, you want to perform well. You, you want to have the perfect paper. You want to have just right in terms of the, the studies and the commentaries and all this sort of thing. And one of the things that you, uh, you notice pretty quickly is you can't hold everything up at the same time. You you are juggling things when you're going from school to work to ministry. And and um, so I, I think in a lot of ways it was tough. I think it was something that was uh, hard to start, but it was something that, that really in hindsight I'm thankful for. It, it it gave me a good awareness of what most of the people in in our churches uh, will do. Most, most people are not blessed to be able to, to spend 30, 40 hours on ministry times, but they're still active in ministry. So it really gave me a good perspective of what, what am I asking of a Sunday school teacher? What am I asking of a children's leader? What am I asking of, a, of a, maybe a volunteer choir director when they're having to work, they're having to, to take care of their family, they're having to uh, do all these other things, and then they're also giving their time to the church. It gave me a new appreciation for uh, what was valuable and what was not. Yeah, yeah. It, it It is a tough balance. I know. So for me, kind of my educational story. So I was hired at uh, my first church part-time when I was um, getting just started my junior year in college. And so my junior year, the rest of my junior year, and my entire senior year, I uh, worked at a church part-time and then did my master's and my doctorate uh, when I was a full-time pastor. And so there is a lot of balance yep. that goes into that. There is a lot of um, you lose some sleep 
Yeah. <laughs> you have to prioritize and plan. I found that it, that is a struggle since I got out of school yeah. uh, where I felt very productive when I was in school with writing a dissertation and a master's um, thesis project and all of those things. You know, you're, right. you feel very productive. You're churning out papers, you're reading books, and sometimes it doesn't happen afterwards, <laughs> which is sad because you have more time when you should be productive. But it is about balancing that. Yeah. It's about making sure that you set the priority to be both. And so, the, because the priority has to be both. If the priority is just education, I don't think you survive through a ministry nah. while you're there. Yeah. If, if, the, um, if the emphasis, if the priority is just uh, the degree program, you, um, you won't make it ministry. But if you just focus on what you're doing in, in preaching or in youth work or in teaching, um, you, you won't finish your degree ever. And yeah. so you'll never have uh, that piece of paper on the wall. Um, one thing I wanted us to think about is, so I think a master's program presents mm -hmm. a different set of challenges than a doctoral program. I Definitely. know when I was doing my master's, I seemed to always be coming up with material in my classes that I could then use at church, which is very handy. Um, so I took a class in my master's program at North Greenville University on uh, the Gospel of Mark. It was a great, yeah. great um, class. I was able to take some of the material and come back and teach. Um, I've preached through Mark since then, and I went and pulled out that notebook, right. and it just had some great stuff. Um, how do you think using, utilizing that kind of worked for you? Because for me, with a doctoral program, I didn't find that to be the case quite yeah. as often. I think it is. I think you're right that it is a little bit tougher with doctoral programs because uh, you're, you're so specialized at that point that, that you're now working in areas that, you know, only a few people in the world may be working on it at that time. So definitely people in your church aren't. But but during that master's time, especially for most of the people who are probably going to be listening to this, whether it's uh, you're in a Bible college for a bachelor's degree or it's like a seminary degree that you're, you're working on your master's program, uh, most of those are, are oriented around biblical studies or practical ministry kind of things. And um, they're, you're normally, most most people getting a seminary degree are getting like a, a Master of Divinity that's a professional degree. And so it, it really is preparing you for the task that you're going to be doing. So there is a lot of crossover there. And that's super helpful, um, especially the more that you can get get where your classwork is something you can use in ministry, the, the more motivated you'll be, the, the more helpful it will be. But, but that's also at times is a trap. Like one of the things I learned early on is is you can't, you can't use what you are doing as a project right at that moment as your Wednesday night Bible say too, or you'll never get finished with one of the two. You'll either never finish the paper or your Wednesday night Bible study is going to be so far over people's head. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I always like to do is is I would wait until after that semester was over and use that material or, or do similar like what you had said. Down the road, you're pulling out materials from that. I, I would usually at least wait till after I was finished with the class. Um, and and those were really very profitable times for me. I, one of the things in our doctoral classes we had, um, I wrote a paper about learning by the heart for our, we had a human or a doctrine of humanity class, and um, I talked about how what does the Bible say about how the heart learns, and and that ended up becoming this um, kind of summer class for our discipleship program. Really, it was a neat thing. I got to use all that material. Studies, um, what well, may be like a 30 or 40 
remember Wednesday night study turns into like a six or seven. That turned into a great way to, to use that. It gave the people something to be excited about that, oh, wow, he's going to show us something new, something exciting. But it also was a way for me to, to not have to go back and re-research everything. I had the research from a paper. So it gives you a lot of opportunities to, to present your people really important information mm-hmm. or, or really valuable uh, things that you've studied more in depth, but not having to go and redo the legwork for these times like the summer yeah. classes. And I think it can be something as simple as, um, you know, one of my goals is is for the people. Um, a time back when I was working on my master's, um, I just did a, a brief, it was like Wednesday night or Sunday night, um, kind of trip through the Bible, yeah. you know, let's, we're going to take each book and just kind of talk about it a little bit. Well, in many ways, I mean, that's your old Testament survey class yeah. you, know, you do that with the new Testament. That's your new Testament survey class. And some of these uh, textbooks that we use have even been almost, um, shrunk into a cliff notes version mm-hmm. that can be utilized. For you know, for your church, and 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 not, not that you're ever wasting anything mm-hmm. you learn in seminary, but making those things useful. And so I think uh, that can help with your stress level uh, down the road and your busyness. Um, a lot of guys now though are doing um, doctoral work, and so how do how do you kind of balance that out with full time ministry? Because you know, now, of course, the doctorate of ministry program uh, at most seminaries has always been kind of a program set to where you can stay in your ministry context mm-hmm. because that's obviously important if you're going to oh, do yeah. a doctorate of ministry yeah. but you know we both stayed and lived mm-hmm. in in the places we were um you know you're in charlotte so you're about three hours from right. wake forest i was about four hours from wake forest uh during during the studies um but even phds now yeah. um some of them are non-residential PhDs. Now you spend right. a lot of time on campus, but they're still non-residential. So you're still, you know, probably going to stay yeah. in your ministry setting and, and work on that. So how do we, how do we encourage pastors to balance that out and, and kind of plan to take on something that big? Yeah. You, you know, this is going to sound kind of counter to where we're, we're talking about, but I, I think really the first step is, is you really need to sit down and and think through priorities up front. Uh, one of the things that is different now than say 15 years ago is there are so many available school programs, and there are so many people that have degrees. Uh, it, it's to- we we had mentioned this a, a few years ago when there was a in one of the conventions around here of uh, pastors conventions that that you could tell the difference in the older groups and. Whereas you'd walk in and, and in our age group, even young, this 20s and 30s age of pastors are sitting there with, you know, four or five years of ministry experience, but they're all sitting there with master's degrees. Some of them already have doctorates, you know, well into their 20s, young 30s. And, and that, that makes you feel this kind of pressure to say, well, I've got to do it. I've got to keep up with, the, with pastors down the street or 
I, you know, there's all this education here. I've just got to go for it. And one of the things I, I think that I would caution with is, is to make sure you know what the goal is behind mm-hmm. this. Um, one of the, you know, we're, we're lamenting here before the podcast about how, how many years have passed without noticing and how we're getting older. And I think one of the things that I noticed with age, when I look back on those years where um, during my time, I was, I was working well over 40 hours most week at a, at a janitorial job. So very, you know, secular job. I was working usually every weekend for a ministry position, probably five to 10 hours. And then I was also going to school full time. And, and when I look back, I can see there was value in that. It taught me a lot of discipline. It, it helped me move along quickly. There were a lot of things I missed that I wished I wouldn't have. And, and truly in hindsight, I, I, I don't regret my uh, schooling at all. I, I think it very much prepared me for where I'm at. But there were some things that when I look back, I say, you know, I really wish I would have been able to walk through this a little slower so I could have learned how to interact with people better in this situation. Or I could have learned how to maybe visit a little better. You know, one of the things is, that's often a hallmark of your pastoral ministry for, for most churches is just visitation or, or counseling kind of things. You know, not these formal counseling sessions, but just when people will come in and say, you know, I'm just heartbroken or can't believe this. Some of those things where you just need time with people, they're very hard to do when you have schools. So I, I think that's the first step of uh, guidance I would give is just you need to think about what is is what this school degree is offering. Is this really where God is leading me to? Mm-hmm. You know, truth be told, everybody doesn't need a demon in preaching to be a good preacher. Yeah. You know, and truth be told, everyone doesn't need a, a demon in, in international church planning just go plant a church, you know, and, and so that that's, I think, what would be my first caution is see if those degrees, those pieces of paper on the wall, they're, they're keys. They, they open doors, and the question you have is, is the door that this will open, is that one that God is leading me toward or not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, we've got a, a big key ring down here in the church. We can't figure out where the, what all these keys open. Um, for some people, I think those degrees, they've, they've sacrificed much, and they just— they didn't think about what the key goes to, and now it just sits there on the ring. So I think that's the first step I would start with is is start by saying, is, is this a program that's really going to take me in the direction God is leading me toward? If it is, then then start to prioritize based off of that. What do I need to survive, to live? What do I need to pay for this education? What do I need for my family time? Uh, what do I need for for just living? Yeah. You know, when am I going to get a haircut? <laughs> Who's going to mow the yard? Yeah. That, that sounds silly, but you're going to have to, when, when you're stretching your time so far, you have to think through all that sort of thing. Yeah, because you really, you know, every, everyone has um, everyone has 24 hours in the day, and uh, we don't get any more. Um, and some people, it's we look at people, and they seem to be um, terribly productive. I mean, just all the time productive in the same amount of time that, say, you know, Justin and I aren't productive um, yeah. sometimes, which I mean, <laughs> never happens at all that we would be unproductive. But uh, occasionally, no. occasionally it does. And so um, we look at that and we think that that the goal has to be um, to be as productive as this person or that person. And the reality is that one that just may.
because I know where I'm at and, and I think you're at a similar place on this. What do you think should be a person's level and involvement, a level of involvement in ministry when they're in seminary? So I'm particularly thinking about a master's program here. Mm-hmm. So I want to be a pastor. I want to be a, a, a ministry leader. I want to be a youth minister or whatever. So I feel like I need to go to seminary mm-hmm. and get a degree. What should be their level of involvement in ministry when they're getting that degree? What do you think? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> coming from, from my background, I almost have to kind of pause and say, well, it depends on what level of ministry they were in before they started to, started the degree program. Um, several, you know, there, there'll be several people who have started out as pastors, um, and, and, you know, some denominations are not as not as heavy on requiring education up front or, sure. or that's not as big of a value. And so, so if, if you're say, a, you know, a 40 year old guy going back to school, that's a, a really different situation than say a 20 year old guy just starting out saying, well, I, I'm eventually going to be in ministry. Yeah. I'm going for training now. So I guess it depends on somewhat on that context you're starting from. But, but in general, I would say, I, I think you need to have a baseline of participation. You, you need to at least have a participation value to say, I, I'm going to be in church, and I, I'm going to be fairly active in church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, if you're going to be very active in church, but for those who, who aren't pastoring, um, you still should be very involved in, say, Sunday school or small group events. You should still should be a part of your church because you're, you're training for that spot. That's that's what this school is going for is is to prepare you to be a minister of God's people. So it doesn't make sense for you to to be totally disengaged um, at the same time that you're studying to be the leader sure. of this flock. Do you do you think so? For me, okay. So I I, I go on my personal experience yeah. here. For me, it was invaluable to be a pastor mm-hmm. while I was in seminary. You know, I was 23 when High Shoal Baptist Church called me as their pastor, and I was most certainly inexperienced and yeah. and and <laughs> and unready. I, you know, as yeah. you know, how much you can you be ready for that before you actually sure. do it? And I don't know that that you can be terribly ready. Um, but it was it made seminary so much more relevant to me that I wasn't preparing for something I was going to do in the future. I was preparing for something I was going to do next Sunday. And so not necessarily, again, like we talked about a moment ago, taking the material and just transferring it week by week, but, but, but putting tools in that toolbox that I knew, okay, I'm not using these tools in five, they're a little bit worn because <laughs> because I've been putting them to use, and uh, so that was that was huge for me. Yeah. But sometimes um, it, it seems like there are students who are largely disconnected yeah. from from the local church as they're trying oh, yeah. to get ready to lead in the local church, and that's not you know that's not healthy. It's it's kind of like a, being in church on Sunday, you know, if I wasn't pastor 
here, yeah. I would be in church somewhere next Sunday because that's yeah. what you do on Sunday when you're a Christian is you get up and go to church. I mean, yeah. it's, it's part of <laughs> it's part of what God's called us to. And so, um, so I, I wonder, do you think that's a danger? Oh yeah, no, I, I think it's a real danger, and I think it. You know, it's funny. I, I went through a school um, for seminary that was very much attached to apologetics teaching, a very philosophical and theologically based school, and I'm very thankful for that because it, it taught a very strong foundation of doctrine. But at the same time, it, it did kind of lead a number of students uh, that, that were there at the same time where we were so hyper-focused on doctrine and on getting things right and on studying it down to the nth degree that that it, it led a lot of discontents in terms of the church. There were several people who just, if they would go to church, they were very upset. who is just puffed up, who who just becomes a matter of pride with. And I, I think you're right. You definitely have to balance that out. Yeah, I mean, because it... it so let's take a medical doctor, you know. Yeah. So you go through a certain amount of schooling, but you are engaged in medical practice. And so you don't finish, um, you know, to be a neurosurgeon and uh, having never yeah. Yeah. seen an operation been a part of an operator yeah. i mean you you don't graduate yeah. to that point until you've been working in it and so i think there's value in being on the staff of churches especially sure. because small churches can really benefit but but even if those things aren't available there's value in being a good sunday school class yeah. member sunday yeah. school class teacher um i heard a, a very intriguing thing A long ministry they were talking about the uh the value and letting other people preach for you and things like that and he said you know i just don't do that he said um i don't i don't have other people teaching and preaching that much because i want to do it and he yeah. says uh he said you know for you as the pastor you are uh the most knowledgeable most experienced bible teacher in your church you have been to more classes you have studied more you have prepared more than anyone else most likely has in your entire church, and you should value that. And so there's something to be said for being in seminary and sure. trying to be that guy who, who is trying to already take, yeah. take the tools, take the keys, put them yeah. to use, and um, you know, be a service to the local church while also gaining that experience. Yeah. Because I believe that ministry is holy and completely theological yeah. while at the same time holy and completely practical right. and it, right. it happens in real life in real time Certainly. with real people who are you know, created in god's image who are in need of a yeah. savior and uh, that that really happens um, yeah. and we use all those tools from seminary to make that happen but i think we we do a disservice to those tools to keep them put away until we've yeah. fully completed the toolbox, if you will. Right. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't help anyone for you not to use the gifts that you have. And yet the, the balance on that, and I, I think what you have to be be kind of careful with at times, is is to realize how much pride falls into that. And, and mm. you know, that's probably not the case with the, the pastor you're, you're talking about in that case. But, you know, it's, it's very easy to see that 
person take it to the next step of saying, well, I'm the most qualified. So why why wouldn't I just be doing this is what I should be doing. I'm the one that God has put here and, and I'm the only one that can mm. do this. And and you start walking down a really fine line when you start to say, I am the only one that can lead this church. Uh, one of the things that helped me about being a bivocational pastor was that I really, there's no way I could do everything. Mm. Yep. And that gave me a good understanding of, of saying, you know, this is not my church. Even if I'm the pastor, this is Christ's church. And and there has to be some value in that. As students, as those going through school while you're also in ministry, you, you need to be engaged. I, I think it it's the place, like you'd said, it's the workshop where you use these tools and test them out. It's the place where you get encouragement. It's the place where, where you can grow in your relationship with Christ as you're growing in your knowledge of Christ. But at the same time, you also have to, part of what you're learning is, you know, in truth, I'm not terribly different. I, I am uniquely made by God. I know he gives me certain gifts he doesn't give everybody else, and and the same with them. They have gifts that I don't have, but at the same time, I'm so replaceable, and and I just have to understand all I can do is be faithful to what God has given me, and and just do what I can with the time I have and with the abilities I have, and and sometimes that means I do share a pulpit, or sometimes that means I do share teaching time because what God has called me to at this point. If if you're going to seminary, if you're going to schooling for this purpose hopefully that's the mindset you've got is that that the lord has definitely led me to get this degree it's preparing me for what what i need with this degree and and so there are certain times where i have to i have to make a call and say listen i've got this huge paper i I can i can teach uh wednesday night bible study this week or or i can let a deacon in my church teach you um sometimes you're gonna have to let the deacon in your church see you're still the most trained person in your church but, but sometimes you have to do that because you, you have multiple things going on. And I think that's that's not just true of of people working in a ministry and in school. That's just, you're going to find that in ministry in general. You, you cannot do everything on your own. You often don't have the most qualified person doing the task. Sometimes it's the most available person that God has given enough gifting to so that he can use you for something else. Hmm. And, and so you just have to be open to that and flexible to that. So as we kind of uh, look at wrapping it up, um, what would be maybe a couple of, of pieces of advice that you would give to um, either so young pastor or, or wannabe pastor, yeah. um, maybe soon-to-be pastor, yeah. um, who is going to try to balance, you know, I'm starting out ministry, but I also believe... God wants me to further my education. Um, so, what was, what would be a couple pieces of advice you might give to him, or uh-huh. again, maybe the you know the pastor that God's called later? And that's a unique challenge, and, yeah. and really not a challenge. I guess we could speak to specifically right. because because we've both been in ministry from Start you young. know from a young young age. Yeah. Um, but what you know what would be those pieces of advice to say, hey, this is how you get through this. This yeah. is how you hold it together. One of the things I wish that I would have done, and this is what I, I tell people now when they ask me that, I wish I would have been more intentional very early on about having a, maybe we call them a mentor, a, really more of like a, a close friend that's an older believer. And, and I think it's really a lot better if they're not like a seminary professor um, or, or they're not necessarily your pastor. They could be a pastor in the area or something like that. But um, somebody that's an outside person from from your system but somebody that knows you 
well and can get to know you. That's tough to find that person, but but I can tell you now, years later, um, when we have those close friends that that are not necessarily our boss, you know, they're not our pastor. If we're working in the church, they're not over us. They're not somebody that's over us. They're not a professor that can grade us. So there's not that pressure, but there's somebody that's lived the Christian life and can kind of give us perspective and balance on what we're thinking. I, I think that would be a big thing is, is you need to make sure your support network it contains some of these mentors or contains at least one of these friends you can get together with every week or you can get together with every other week and just eat breakfast with. Just talk about what's going on. Talk about what you're learning. Talk about your struggles. Um, it, it gets very... The more busy you are, the more irons you put into the fire, the more you tend to become lonely, the more you tend to become isolated. Mm. And and you will quickly burn out if that's the road you take. You need people with you. Um, if you're married, you definitely need time with your spouse on the priority. Um, you, you need to schedule that before you schedule your homework. And and I know that there are lots of, of you guys that are listening or that have made straight A's your whole life, and you're sitting there saying, but I gotta get straight A's. It would be far better at the end of your seminary time if you had a C average, but you and your wife were on the same page. Mm -hmm. You and your wife spent time together and talked together. At the end of the day, you know, God's not gonna sit there and say, you know, you don't get into heaven because you made a C in Hebrew, or you don't get into heaven because you made a B in in, uh, Bible study methods. He's not gonna do that, you're saved by grace. You know, and, and so I think you have to make sure that the things that are highest priorities get the highest priorities. School is not your highest priority. Ministry yep. is not. It's you start with start with your spouse if you're married. Um, make sure you have time with your kids if you have kids. And and I think we both could probably say we we both had to deal with that. And and I don't you know I can say personally I don't think I did as good of a job as I'd like. I know that's probably everybody will say that. None of us do as good of a job as we like. At putting family first, but you've got to start out with that mindset at least. Yeah, um, you've got to start planning that way, and, and then beyond that, I would say just just make sure make sure at the end of the day that you can actually sleep. <laughs> make sure you can get time to eat decently, um, sleep some, and and if you get the chance to get some exercise in it. Um, one of the things that that hurts a lot of pastors long term is they got into such a because they've got so much going on, whether it's work and school, work and ministry, ministry and school, um, they just get in really bad shape. They don't sleep enough, and they just go crazy. Um, God has not designed us to go 100 hours a week. Yep. So it it's okay if you just need to take one class this semester, take off semester. You know, we, we had a guy when I was in seminary that we joked was on the Moses plan that he was, he'd been there seven or eight years at that point, and he probably had another three or four years to go. Um, and, and we just always joked, he, he's on the Moses plan. He's going through the 40 years in the wilderness to get there. But, you know, I, I respected him more than anybody because the reason he did that was he, he was working, he had a family, he had two teenagers. Um, his, his family was able to stay intact. He was able to keep up with his kids. He was able to, to grow his relationship with his wife. They were a model couple. Uh, he was able to teach Sunday school in his class he, or in his church. He was able to serve the Lord, and the education didn't become his God. Yeah. And that's that's the big thing is you've got to make sure that you keep balance, that you don't kill yourself, so you don't end up getting obese and, and having uh, sleep problems. It's just school. 
So that's my advice. Well, I'd mention one thing um, as we kind of go is to include your church on your educational journey. So, I mean, obviously, even so, we both went to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, and you know they require affirmation by your church, but it's different to be affirmed once or even every year by your church than it is to kind of keep them up to date on what you're doing. You know, include them, talk about you know, what you're studying, and and some may not care at all, but a lot of them <laughs> will care. They want to hear yeah. what you're doing, especially if they're investing in your education in some way financially or. They're investing in it by letting you have the time to do that as you yeah. pastor them to be both student and pastor. And so I would just keep them up with what's going on. Let them celebrate with you when you get uh, to those milestones, when you graduate. Um, you know, let them know when you get ready to teach something. Be like, you know, I worked on this in class and really thought this would be something incredible yeah. for you guys to, to hear about and know. And, uh, and I think they'll they'll value that. I think it keeps that relationship uh, good because there are going to be times when you have to give some priority to school. Uh, maybe you're there for a class and you're not there um, at church for a certain thing, and and so you want to balance those out uh, to make sure that you're you know being above board with them and keeping them yeah. on board with what's going. Well, we want to thank you for listening uh, to the podcast today. Uh, we look forward to being with you again next week. I'm Michael Pardew. I'm Justin Smith. This is the Just Ministry Podcast, justministry.org, a ministry of educational design and development. Peace.